Would you welcome and honor Lonnie Ellis? Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. I'll sit down. Thank you, thank you, Lord. It is good to be uh, to be here. I think it's. I mean, I hung out with you guys once last year, just at the, at the when uh, Dr. Susan was there, and then I preached. I think last Friday, two, 2015, I was preaching last Friday, Friday, the other building, right? And uh, so it's good to be home with family and, and preach. Some of you I know, some of you I don't know. Um, I'm crazy for Jesus. I like to have fun. I like to joke around. I think I have some slides somewhere. Let's see, yeah, there we go. And I won't go. I have a bunch of slides. I won't go through. I'll speak to them all. Well, hopefully, I won't click them all because I don't want to. Because I get caught up what I'm doing. And forget about that. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm the founder of Master Road Ministries International. And right now, I'm based wherever God sends me. Currently, I'm in Pleasanton this season. Oh, by the way, my girlfriend Maria. She's awesome and amazing woman. God, thank you, coming out tonight with me. Um. Can I just be raw tonight? Can I just be like unfiltered? Well, if you really know me, I'm, I'm raw and unfiltered anyway, so it don't matter. But I want you to know I'm going to be raw and very unfiltered. That's the only way I know how to be with Jesus, how Jesus is with me. And if I say anything you don't like, don't like it. I won't be offended. Flush it. Get rid of it or go to God with it because I ain't got this thing figured out. Exactly. I talk fast. I walk a lot. I sometimes scream. It's all good. But I do want to do a couple of things. So about me, I'll go ahead in a minute. As you know, I started Blazing Fire for many years, helped build a school supernatural. It started with me, Brent, Suzanne, and Sheila. With about, we had about two kids. We had about three kids. We had Derek, who's a handsome young man today, 24, right? And then uh, Becky Knight, who's a lawyer, married to a doctor. Can you believe that? And that's Caleb, Alex. But we, well, we had only a few in the church. And we didn't have Facebook back then. We didn't have, we didn't send no emails out. We had over 50 kids show up that first night. And about 40-something stayed to finish that six-month, nine-month course. And they got on fire, started going to the streets and schools and, and seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. And their, and their family got, their, their parents and moms and people got jealous. They said, what about us? What about us? And that's how the school got pretty much birthed. It was a tremendous ride. And God took us for a season. And when the season was over, it was, we had about 50 people on campus we were streaming in seven different countries. We had 15 volunteers, Shannon being one of them, many in this room were one of them. We had many different instructors come in. We had people like Georgian Banoff come in. We had people like Chris uh, uh, Leif Hetland. We had people. We had people that you know that come in and help teach. It was a powerful time. But now we're in a new season. So that's enough about me. But I do have a disclaimer. I said early in class today, Philippians 3:13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I don't have this thing figured out. I'm on a journey just like you. And I do want to share one thing. I did write a book in 2015 with my life. Some of you guys know my life blew apart in January. My crushing season. And there's times in my life when I walk with the Holy Spirit, so in tune. There's times when Jesus makes himself very known. But in this season, Father God showed up himself to be with his son and we wrote a book together i won't go into great details a lot of my story in there a lot of other stuff is where he's given me it's back for 10 bucks 12 bucks whatever it is but i want to share one testimony i got a call last year from a, a woman out of Col- a message from a woman out of colorado she was struggling on heroin and somebody put the book in her hands and she got free and delivered she became 
a house mom, a house person, house manager for abusing broken women. And she began to use this book to mention them. And somebody stole her book. So we have so many testimonies from men and women having encounters with God, getting healing, getting set free. And it's back there. There's many stuff in there. It's good. Identity crisis. Who do you think you are? Matter of fact, who doesn't have this book? Wendy, how are you? My friend's been long. I saw your mom today. Yes. I know Wendy a long time. Another thing we're going to have in, because uh, if I don't do this, my team's going to kill me. April 8th, we're having a women's conference, our second one this year. We had one last year. It was powerful. It's at the, it's the, Mar- it's at the Marriott Pleasanton from, I think it's like 9.30 in the morning until 5 in the afternoon, so you can still come to church afterwards if you can make it, or those women that can make it. It's 60 bucks to luncheon. God is empowering women back to their rightful place on this side of the cross. But it's actually for men and women, because men need, men need to learn how God sees his daughters. Not through church eyes, not through religious eyes, through their father's eyes. And we bring women together and empower each other. I had a, I'll tell you a story. I had a main session last year when we first did it. It was powerful. The place blew up before lunch. People got wrecked in the Holy Spirit. And by the time, at the end of this, the, the conference, we didn't need an altar call. People were already healed, set free, and delivered. We need to pray for no other. Press was so thick and so strong. So this year, God said, why do you have a slot? Isn't it about empowering women? Why don't you just host the thing and bring the women in to do the work? At least some powerful women that's going to be there. Enough about that. So here's what I always say now. The Word of God, being the Bible, and the Holy Spirit should challenge us Daily. Take us higher and farther than we could ever think possible. And I'm being challenged daily in this. And I hope what I share with you tonight will challenge you. I'm taking one of my normal messages. I'm, I'm carving a piece out of it tonight. I'm going to hit it hard and hit it straight. And, and some of it you'll know. But first I want to say this. In, in, in this house, it's kind of weird to say this in this house. Because this house teaches this very well for years now. But you need to know the Father's heart. And I want to play a game with you real quick. What was the reasoning why God removed Adam and Eve from the garden? Come on, talk, work with me. Talk. Because they ate an apple, they say. But that's not in the Bible either. Be- because they sinned. What say, Elsa? What you say, Elsa? For the tree of life, that's good. Anybody else? Disobedient, that's good. Because they sinned, because they messed up, because they were bad. Don't tell my message. <laughs> it's true. He did it because he loved them. Not because they sinned. He already covered the sin. Remember? What did he do? He covered them with what? Okay. He covered them. He took care of the sin already. But he had to move them to protect them. Because he loved them. Look at this. In Genesis 3, 22 to 23, it says this. Read it, I'll let you read it for yourself. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, knowing how to distinguish between good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take from the tree of life as well and eat his fruit and live in this fallen, sinful condition forever. He loved him so much, he wouldn't stay stuck in a sinful place. So he had to move out of the garden to put a plan in place 
to bring them back in the right standing covenant as sons and daughters. And how do you do that? We know the story. He came down himself as Jesus, was crucified and resurrected for our sins so we could get back in relationship. He did it because he loved us. Whenever you read scripture, you've got to read through the Father's eyes. It's all based through love and relationship. If you don't have that lens, you're going to see it all wrong. He loves you. No matter what you're going through, what you're doing, he loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. So the next message is being ambassadors from the kingdom of heaven. Being ambassadors from the kingdom of heaven. Second Corinthians 5.20 says this. Now then, we're ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We know this scripture, right? We know the scripture. But what is an ambassador? What is an ambassador? You can talk to me. In the dictionary, it says this. A diplomatic official of the highest rank. Listen to this. A diplomatic official of the highest rank. Okay, get this. Check this out. Sent by one sovereign or state to another as its resident representative. A diplomatic official of the highest rank sent by one sovereign or state to another as its resident representative. We were sent by God, the sovereign one, to represent his kingdom on this earth. He sent his best, us, to this earth. It's not just words on the page. It's real. We are called, the, we are called chosen to represent heaven on earth. We are heaven's representatives. I'm going to leave that slide up. He sent his best. First he sent Jesus to save us and then model for us where we're to be. You know, I was doing this research a while back. I've been I'm talking about this mess for a long time now. But then last year I read this guy named message research this guy named Mitch Salmon. And I read what he wrote about ambassadors after I heard preaching on this message. And it blew my mind how he had the same revelation. So I just copied his, and I'll preach from that. I can put it up. We are residents, we are residents of this world, but we are citizens of another. Residing here does not make us naturalized citizens. In fact, our role here is to bring new citizens into the kingdom that is our true home. Residing here means we are living in a foreign land. We are not just citizens of this other kingdom. We are its ambassadors. We stand on foreign soil, yet wherever we go, we bring the kingdom. Where we go, we stand on sovereign ground. Let's keep going. So then then why would we conform to the customs of this foreign land? Why would we take on its dead traditions and its foolish mindset? Why would we strive to follow its futile laws? We are not called to answer this world's system, nor do we suffer from the disease, sin, that has a stranglehold on it. We are given diplomatic immunity. 
The king's son laid down his life to pay our ransom and provide us with the status that we could never have earned on our own. We are sealed by the mark of our king. His very name is upon our foreheads. His approval is stamped all over our lives. Guys, these aren't just words. This is who we are and who we're sent by. This world has nothing on us. It has nothing for us. Except sons and daughters that have yet to meet him yet. I call them pre-believers. Matter of fact, there's some that call themselves Christians that haven't met him yet. True story. What else does Mitch say? We are his agents. We We do not work in secret. We work out in the open. We do not hide the light within us. We let it shine for the world to see. We can attempt to blend into this world's ways, but they are foreign to us. We answer not only to another authority, we answer to the highest authority. The kingdom in which we reside is ruled by darkness, this earth. It is under the authority of a tyrant and are overshadowed by fear. Wherever we stand there, where we stand there is light amidst the darkness. Where we tread, we come, we claim ground for the kingdom and the king of all kings. Wherever we go, we're given all the power and authority of our king and his kingdom. We're his representatives. We're his voice. We're his hands. We're his feet. We're reaching into the kingdom shrouded in darkness. We are charged with pulling people out before the king of this world carries out that death sentence imposed upon all of his subjects. This is so good. Our king has a message, and we are his messengers. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Our king speaks freedom. He speaks it from his lips into our hearts. If from our hearts, we proclaim it to the world. You don't have to live in darkness. You don't have to live to remain in shame. You don't have to have to, sorry, you don't have to receive this cruel death sentence. You don't have to live in chains. Freedom before you, freedom is before you. It has been bought, bought and paid for, for by the king's son. It is available to all who will receive it. Yes, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, has entrusted much unto us. In this foreign land, he needs ambassadors. And so he has one question, whom shall I send? We are amazing. We are powerful. We are the answer to the darkness. There's a saying. And I said this in class earlier. And I grew up believing this. That our ceiling should be the next generation's floor to build upon. That means what we create and do here on earth, the next generation shouldn't have to redo. Reduplicate. It should be done, built upon it. Now, here's what the Lord told me one day in an encounter I had with him. He said, it's not about age either. It's about the heart, the generation he's talking about. Do you have the heart to receive what he's doing? So if we believe that, he said this to me, son, if you really believe that, then what my son did on the cross and resurrection, what he did on the earth when he was here, shouldn't that be his ceiling and your floor to build upon? And she'd be doing greater things than my son did? In John 14, 12, it says this, I assure you, most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior, being Jesus, will also do the things that I do, 
and he will do even greater things than these and he sent outreach because I am going to the Father. He said it, not me. But if you look across the whole church platform, different denominations, most of the church ain't even doing what he did. And some say what he did is not for today. But Jesus not won the lie. Let's look at the same scripture in the, in the, in the translation version. Thank you. Believe me, I'm in my Father, and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see, these works. The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things. Because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says this, But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special, some of y'all are very special, I'm special, people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds and the virtues and the perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. King James says, we're peculiar people. But here's what I hit on tonight, and I hit on earlier in class today. As an ambassador, we're a new creation. And this is where we get stuck. We are a new creation. We are something this world has never seen, experienced until you showed up. We all know the scripture well. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want to go to a different scripture real fast. Give me one sec, okay? I want to hit this. Give me one sec. I want to read that out of the... uh, One second here. I apologize. But this is so good. Second. Actually, I just got to find the right scripture. I don't want to pass over this. It's that good. Here it is. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the app. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, that is, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creation. It says, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit, the old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. When we became born again and saved, the old you died is gone. It doesn't exist. You are something brand spanking new with a new DNA system from a different kingdom. Yeah, I know you had mom and dads that got you here. And some couldn't drive well. You made a lot of mistakes in your life. And you got messed up along the way. Some of us were hurt bad, abandoned, raped, beaten, sold. 
and it hurt. I'm making light of that. But when you got saved and born again, he made you a new creation, and your spirit was reawakened to something different. Well, what's holding people back is their soul, their, their mind, will, and emotions have not been healed from the traumas they've gone through yet. And Holy Spirit wants to come in and heal your soul. Because, see, many Christians today are living out of their soul and not their spirit. They're, living out of divine, they're not living in divine alignment. They're making decisions from their soul. I've done it. And I preach in different places of the world. But he called us to live, have our mind, will, and emotions submit to our spirit, and our spirit submits to the Holy Spirit, and that's how he speaks to us and guides us, totally surrendered. So when our soul wants to make a, a weird thing, the spirit, our spirit man takes over and says, no, submit. You work for me, I don't work for you. But the problem is most Christians today, which is scary, are not willing or don't know how to let God in those broken places of pain. But I'm telling you, it's worth them in those pain to go through. Once you let them in those pain, places of pain, you find it wasn't that bad after all. Because the freedom is much more better. Much more better. I'm talking about pain, death of a child, death of a marriage, lost all your money. I'm talking about real pain. He will meet you right in that pain. And bring you through it. And there'll be no stench, no smoke, no fire, no triggers, no remembrance, because he dealt with it all. But we'll let him deal with it. I said this in class earlier Psalm 23, I'm going to paraphrase it. As you walk through the shadow of valley of death, it didn't say if you, you might someday. It says as you. Meaning, you're going to. And what happens is, most people in life either run through it, try to run around it, or sadly build a house in it and stay stuck in pain and agony. They're saved. They're going to heaven. And God can still use them, but they never fulfill the great calling of their lives on this side of the cross as ambassadors. I shared the story in class today. I was preaching about a year and a half ago, whatever it was, at a, at a meeting. A man came up to me for prayer, big guy, good-looking dude, almost looking good as me. And he said, Lonnie, can you pray for me, brother? I said, yeah, bro, what's going on, man? He says, I can't get past my divorce. And all the pain he was living in was on him. You could see it. He didn't have to be prophetic at all. He was wearing it. And my heart broke because I know that pain. Well. I said, oh, brother, I'm so sorry. I'm a very caring person. When did it happen, bro? He said, it's been so long I don't remember. I'm like, what would you say? He says, Lonnie, it's been so long ago I don't remember. He was trapped in the valley of shadow of death and built a home in it. It was living in pain and suffering of a soul wound that God wanted to heal. Because he says in that scripture, he says he'll be there with you. And his rod and staff will comfort you. And that's a teaching I don't have time to get into tonight. But that's a deep teaching. And on the other side of that thing, it says something like this. He will set a banquet table for you. And it means something like that. 
And then on the next chapter he says, and I'll pour fresh oil on your head. And that's another teaching I can't get into tonight, but they're deep. It is powerful. You're going to go through stuff in the world. You're supposed to. And it's okay because he's going to be right there with you and take you through it because he's going to make you more Christ-like in the other end. He uses all things, right? For what? For what? For what good? According to his, according to his purpose. Oh, I get back to my notes. I'm sorry, guys. You see all my little notes there probably? Let me see here. That's where I left off at. Oh, you can't see all that good. You can see where I'm messing up. Let me get back on track. I'm on track. I'm always on track. His track. Let me get back to my notes. So if we truly believe that's, that, that we should do greater things, do you believe we should do greater things in Jesus? Then why aren't we? Part of our soul. I got to figure out. That's just one thing I do know. I said this earlier in training. I do, have, I do have the Bible in this book. I have about four or five different Bibles in this, in this iPad or more than that. Okay? So let's say it's the Bible. Jesus speaks truth. He's the truth. Here's my facts. Here's his truth. Jesus doesn't lie. Well, my facts don't reach, match his truth. My life circumstances doesn't match his truth. So what do we do? Well, God wasn't there for me. Who wants to be for me? Oh, let me make a doctrine to say that he doesn't do that today or for certain people. Let me lower his truth to match my facts so I can feel good about my situation and stay stuck in it. And God says, no, I'm calling you higher. He said, no, come up here. So, so if Jesus is not one to lie, and then where's the problem? There's only two people in the, t- in, 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 in the story. Me and Jesus. So if he's not the problem, Oh, it must be me. So I say, Jesus, okay, so if my facts are not your truth, then what's in me keeping me back from my true identity of what I need to understand to walk like you walk and beyond? So work on this. No, no, I'm not worried about Satan. You took care of that on the cross. You defeated the enemy on the cross. Didn't it say that? He defeated Satan on the cross. So it can't be him. So it must be me. You know that scripture where Jesus is in the temple? And he's turning everything over. My house should be a house of prayer. And he's got the three-strand crew. He's whipping things and turning things over, letting the dove. You know that you know that scene, right? Sometimes you got this turmoil going inside your spirit. It ain't Satan. It's Jesus trying to clean house. Get his house in order. Because there's stuff holding you back from who he called you to be. He's trying to dig it out so you can be free, be everything he's called you to be. Sometimes, because he don't want you to stay stuck. He wants you to be everything he's called you to be on the side of the cross. What's my next book I'm writing? What side of the cross are you living from? There's another battle we face. Let me hit this one, okay? Now listen, hear my heart. I am for deliverance ministry. I am for sozo. I'm for inner healing. I'm for any tool it takes to get us to truth of who we're called to be. I'm for every tool it takes to get people unstuck. We need those ministries. We're called to those ministries. They're tools to get people unstuck into the truth. I'm going to put the slide up, though. 
spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness and the heavenly supernatural places. We are in a spiritual battle. We know that. Okay? Good against evil. We live in it. We see it in the world. The world is supposed to sin. That's what they're supposed to do. They know no difference. I'm not shocked when the world sins. I'm shocked when Christians sin. Now hear my heart. We all make mistakes and fall short of the glory of God. I'm talking about choosing to live a sinful lifestyle versus having an accident once in a while you know, and ask for forgiveness. Choosing to be disobedient. Now God loves you in that anyway. He keeps, he'll keep telling you, that's not who you are. This is who you are. He'll always call you higher to your rightful place. But the world is watching how we walk out our lives. And they're saying, wait a minute, you act like me, you talk like me, you do things I do, and you want me to go to church with you? Why should I? You're no different than me. You stink like I do. Now I'm not saying the people in this room, I'm just saying the Christian world is general. It is truly like that if you look at it. And God said, I'm calling you higher because he is attractive. He is beautiful. He is amazing. And he wants that attraction on our lives. So people are attracted and drawn to us because we are different. We are peculiar. We are an answer. But there are spiritual forces in the world called demons and demonic forces that will try to stop us. It's true. But Jesus defeated those foes. You empower what you believe. In Matthew 8, 20, Matthew 8, 20 through 29, says this. Jesus cast out demons. When he arrived at the other side of the country of the Gardenians, whatever it says, two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs met him. They were so extremely fierce and violent that no one could pass by that way. 29 said, they screamed out, what business do you have in common with each other, son of God? Have you come to torment us before the appointed time of judgment? Hear my heart on this one. The demons knew who Jesus was. Some of the political powers of the time didn't know who he was. But the demons knew who he was. Demon was 100% man. Could let go of his deity when he came here, right? 100% Holy Spirit filled. But Jesus knew his true identity and his mission. There was no wavering, no compromising, and the demons knew who he was. If you're 100% man, 100% woman, 100% Holy Spirit filled, and you're called to do greater things, the demons should tremble when you show up also. They say, why are you here to torment me? And Jesus, if you read the Bible, he didn't fight him, he didn't wrestle with him. He just said, come out. And I shared this in class earlier. Jesus, the devil never healed nobody in the Bible. Now, and I'm not a Bible scholar, but can you tell me anywhere in the Bible where the devil healed somebody? He gives us all authority. We shouldn't be scared of the demonic. Now, we don't brag that we have authority over them. He said, but be grateful, be, be, take pleasure in where we were to put there that your name is written in the book of life. But I've given you all authority. 
But the demonic one, you put into a battle sometimes to keep you off track, keep you fighting, keep you worn out. We're called the rest in Jesus. And rest don't mean laying on the couch sleeping. A place of position, a place of authority, a place of love is a whole different kingdom mindset than an earthly mindset. See, we have been taught to live out of an earthly mindset also. Like our pre-believer, pre-believers. And God said, I'm giving you a kingdom mindset. Like Brent said, it's called living from heaven to earth. Okay, I'm a, I say this every time I preach. Let's say, what are you going to be doing 5,000 years from now? 10,000 years from now. 500 years from now. Now, there's no time in heaven. Heaven made time for, God made time for us, but I have to use that point. Because you're going to be alive in heaven, in eternity. But we spend 30, 40, 50, 90 years so focused on this earthly life, what we can attain, what we can grab, possess, and own, nothing's wrong with having things. Nothing's wrong with building your 401k. Or raise, you're supposed to raise your kids. Everyone get good education. But, but that is just a tool that God will even use to advance his kingdom more. So we spend these years here on earth, and they say, okay, when I'm done with this, I get to go to heaven. So we make a lot of decisions based on worldly mindsets or soulish mindsets. But we think from eternity backwards, the decisions you make, the choices you make, the people in your life will look a whole lot different. Because you have a different mission in mind now. It's, look at it this way. We are spiritual beings having an earthly encounter on assignment. And we have a job to do. In the process, you might have families, jobs, whatever it is, to work out. But even in all of that, he wants to use you as an ambassador. Because this is temporal and passing and dying. This is going to go away. Listen, I'm not a political person. I'm not. My friend said, I don't care. I don't care. I really don't care. I don't care who you put in office. I'm going to pray for them. I don't care who they are, what they believe. I'm going to pray for them. Because I represent a different government, a different kingdom, a different mindset that is above all that. And that's what I'm going to bring when you see me. So make your laws. Don't make your laws. Break your laws. Make your rules. But this is all going away anyway. So you don't bother me. It don't mean you don't stand for something, but why are you standing? And what are you representing? Because some of the stuff we're trying to represent isn't even God. It's all personal justice. You know what God's justice is? Love. Love. They always walked in love. They mean to have confrontations, but they had love. Brent always says this, love wins. But we always have to be right. Love is right. Not our love, not our selfish love. A love that only he can pour through us. It's a supernatural love. It's a love that comes from a different kingdom. That will pour through us and out of us. And touch a broken life. Mark 1, 23 and 24. Then Jesus, there was, then, just then there was a man in their synagogue, church, Jewish church, kind of says the Jewish church, right? With an unclean spirit. In church, an unclean spirit? What? <laughs> and he cried out, terribly from the death of his throat, saying, what business do you have with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, 
the Holy One of God. Can I share a secret with you? You are the Holy One of God. Okay, I'm going I'm to mess with you a little bit, and you can throw this away if you want to. The Bible, I don't have the scripture from it. The Bible says, I will share my glory with no one. Right? Something like that? I will share my glory with another. Can I share something with you? You're not another. You're his. You're not another. You're his. His glory will come through you to touch a life. He will pour his glory through you to change a life, to change a city, to change a nation, to change a people. We got to know where we're coming from. We're called live, live from heaven to earth, not from earth to heaven. And the demons should tremble when we show up. They should be scared of us. We don't take power in that. We don't brag about it. It's just who we are. We're getting there. In James 2.19 it says this. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You know, I follow this guy named Jeremy Lopez sometimes. We don't agree on everything. He don't even know me. But I look like he's one of Doug's boys, good friends. He wrote this the other day, and it just, it just really messed me up. And he's always, he's always given good stuff. But he said this. If you are spending too much time on warfare and demons, you will only call more of the same into your life. When you get the mind of Christ, you awaken to your position in heavenly places. Warfare doesn't make you holier. It just means you haven't awakened to your true position. Jesus took care of the warfare. He, de- he defeated them. They are where I would say, he's a defeated foe. Then why were you battling with them so much? Because they suck as a, I'm not saying there's not time you have to take the tool belt out, the tool out, and use it for something. But it's not a place to live from. You might be in there for a season to learn who you are and your authority. If he called you to a lifestyle, if he called you a lifestyle, that's different. But somebody gets stuck in that battle of doing warfare, 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 warfare. You know, you're so, he, he took care of that already. He wants to call to live from a higher place. Because when you show up, the atmosphere shifts. Truth, facts. He will never lower his truth to match your facts. Ever. He will meet you in the pain, but not wallowing it with you. He will always call you higher. Always call you higher. Get this one. I talked about this brand lunch the other day a little bit. I'm going to hit it a little bit. I have some amazing intercessors in my life. I got people in this, uh, in other states that call me in the middle of the night or text me or whatever. My team intercedes. I believe in intercession. I love intercessors. We need them. And there's a shift happening with intercessors because their identity is getting shifted also from a higher place. Because get this. In our Friday night meetings, he had me read all the way through Romans chapter 1 through 8. I'm like, really? That's a lot of scripture. And one of my leaders said this. She says, she's in the chair. She says, he read all that scripture and God spoke to her and said, you can't learn from my word? Because his word is life and truth. Listen to Romans 8.34. It says, who is the one who condemns us? 
Question mark. Christ Jesus is the one who died to pay for our penalty. And more than that, who was raised from the dead and who was at the right hand of God interceding with the Father for us. God, wait, it says this. He's at the right hand of God with the Father interceding for us. Wait, wait. Jesus and God is interceding for us. Do you see this? If you got Jesus and God interceding for you, my goodness, that's the God that created everything. He made it even better. In Romans 8, 26, 27, says this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us, for us, through us. So God's interceding. Jesus is interceding, and the Holy Spirit is interceding. My goodness. So maybe we ought to join them in their intercession see what it looks like from their perspective. And not these models we teach and pass on. I'm not saying those models didn't work or do work, but there's a time for a season to open up. They said God's doing a new thing. How many of you God's doing a new thing. How many hear that? He's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. You know what? There's nothing new under the sun with God. He's not doing a new thing. He's opened our eyes to what he's been doing and given us more revelation and given us more pouring out to see what he's been doing and wants to do. It's new to us. It's not new to him. He's taking innocence to a much higher level from the kingdom place of identity to intercede from that place. I know I'm stepping on some toes and we need intercessors, but he's calling us all higher, a lot higher. from the kingdom of heaven ambassadors we are not this world but we're in it for a reason and a purpose when we have different callings different ways it looks where it pours out but you're all on assignment he gives us everything we need to make it through I'm going to share one more thing. We're going to wrap it up because I'm going to get the kids. And I do have one thing I'm going to release. I shared this earlier. How many of you guys know the scripture? Is it James 10.10? 10? What does it say? The thief has come to, was it John 10.10? 10? John 10.10, 10, sorry, John 10.10. 10. The thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, how many of you guys know that? How many of you been through that? You lost something, you lost some money, you lost money, you lost a house, you lost your wife, you lost whatever. The dog, the truck went backwards and run. The, yeah, it's a country song. We all know it. We all can preach on it. But about the other half of the scripture, it says, but I've come to give life. life Now, what does that look like? Now, people will say, well, it's about preaching money. Let's take an offering right now. I I understand that, abundance. Abundance means more than that. And I said, I don't know what that looks like. I know this, but that's like one of those floating butterflies, a unicorn out there somewhere. What is it, Lord? And I got the full answer yet, but he took me to, he took me to uh, Paul and Silas, right? And they're in the prison of prisons. They're in the, wait, here it is. They're in the prison of prisons. That means they're in a prison in the side of a prison. That's a pretty deep prison. That's a pretty bad place. And the Christian, most Christians today will say, what went wrong with this prophetic word? This can't be God's plan for my life. He is a good father. He would not let me walk, walk in the dungeon of dungeons. Who's cursing me? Who's praying against me? Let me call my intercessors. 
What sin is in my life to make this happen, Lord? Oh, wait, what generational curse what, that put me here? I'm being real. That's what, that's what I would have did. Because this can't be your plan. You, you show me where you're taking me, Lord. You show me some of the pieces anyway. We see in here in parts, right? Prophesying parts. But what did they do? In that dark dungeon of dungeons, what did, they don't think I live or die the next day or that night. What did they do? They worshipped. They didn't care. They worshipped. It wasn't about this life. It was about his kingdom. Jesus preached about kingdom through the New Testament. Kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom, the kingdom. And they got it. And what happened? A miracle happened. Chains fell off. Family got saved. They took their eyes off their circumstances. Me, 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 myself, and I. Me, Jesus, me, Jesus. Bless me, Jesus. Bless me, Jesus. Take care of me, Jesus. And put them on the kingdom. And heaven broke open. There's something we have not figured out yet that is opening in this hour. We need to be in his presence. His spirit is instantly figured out that he's changing and showing us that we really do carry. And that's my story. I'm sticking to it. When I was standing here tonight, I had a sharp pain hit my back. I was like, where'd that come from? So I, you know, I stood up today and preached and taught, taught. And then went away. And it hit me again, like, psh. Last time I felt that I was in Santa Cruz preaching, and the Lord spoke to me. It's been a spiritual attack on backs. Manif- it's been a spiritual attack on the, okay. It's been a spiritual attack in the back of the body of Christ. It is manifested in the back. They've been hit from behind. You take out the back, what do you take out? The legs, their walk, their strength. And tonight he's going to heal some backs. Because his word of knowledge, not mine. So if the ministry team's here from Blazing Fire, come on up, because I ain't doing it. Because <laughs> if you don't get healed, it's their fault, not mine. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's not him. Who's here from who's prayer, who's in the prayer team? Somebody. I know y'all pray for people. Some of y'all came to kingdom training. You know, I'll share with Brent and Wesley more and more of this. That uh, if you need to get your kids eight there, get your kids eight there and come on back. Uh, yeah, she's got to pray. That you're getting so big. I was in Santa Cruz reading my scriptures through my, my teaching, and three, two or three people got healed instantly by the word of God going out. Not by nobody preaching, I'm teaching, not nobody uh, playing hands, by the word, the scriptures being spoken. Two or three people got healed. And we're going to see more of that. Matter of fact, Joyce, was just, one of Joyce Myers is one of my heroes in the faith. I have many heroes in the faith, by the way. And she said, and, she, and you know she moves in signs and wonders. If you don't know her ministry, she does move in signs and wonders. Okay? She says, I'm looking for the day that the word of God just heals them all. And not my preaching or teaching laying on the hands. Because the word of God is alive. He's unlocking something to us this hour that we need to step into by being in his presence to show what his word and what we carry and what we release. The world is getting darker, people. And that's okay. Don't be in fear. Because he has light. He brought light in the world. Guess who? Us. We're the light. We're the happy ones. We're the joyful ones. We should be doing backflips so we know what's going on. 
I shared this earlier. I'm going to share it one more time. We're going to pray. I had a, this was amazing man yesterday, right? I called you. I was, I was crying being in this man's presence. He knows you. I cried. I've never seen peace in a man like this before. The authority he walked in, the obedience he walked in, since 1985. He's a Christ follower. Very successful in a lot of areas. He has prostate cancer. And he has peace. And Abraham says, how can we have so much peace on you? He's from a different kingdom. He says, I told the doctor, either Jesus is going to heal me supernaturally, or heal me through you, I'm going to go to heaven and be, go home and be healed. But I'm getting healed. The rest doesn't matter. I have work to do. He meant it. He had a kingdom mindset. And the man spoke into my life. And I wept. I wept in a public restaurant because he had something I needed. See, we're here to iron sharpens iron. We're here to pour on each other. He's unlocking something to us. It's new to us, but not new to him. But he's looking for the heart to be open to go in there deeply and do a deep, 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 deep soul surgery and set you free, 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 free so you can live from heaven to earth and be impactful wherever you go. No matter what you've gone through and what you will go through. So if you have a bad back, stand up. And that's a dumb question because everybody's got a bad back somewhere you go. <coughs> I'm going to release this word of knowledge over you. Get in the receiving position like, you know, you will do something. I just, that's just habit. Father, we, we thank you for the word of knowledge. Release it right now. You're the healer. And, Lord, we don't pray for healing. We pray from healing. We don't do begging prayers. We just appropriate what you already done with the blood. So we just that word of knowledge in every back right now in the name of Jesus. And let the healing fire of heaven come down right now in this place on every son and daughter that needs that touch and that word to be free. In Santa Cruz that night, we had people lined up for the whole place building. I had to put a prayer team together. People that never prayed for nobody before seeing people healed for the first time. People just getting healed like popcorn of crazy stuff. We had a woman that went through chemo treatment. You know how they say in chemo treatment, sometimes your bones are all messed up and they hurt a lot. She was crying in pain, just went away in God's presence. Crazy miracles broke out in Santa Cruz because we released a word of knowledge. The atmosphere shifted. His, they were in his presence. People were just getting healed like popcorn. People that never prayed for nobody before seeing people healed throughout the room. And I saw these people around the room like this. All people needed prayer. I'm like, God, what is this? This makes no sense. I'm calling them higher to my truth. Not their facts. My truth outweighs their facts. Listen, if you've been here a long term, listen, I'm not, I'm not knocking you. Trust me, I'm not. Hey, I'm on the road just trying to figure this thing out. And listen, I'm going to tell you one more thing. And I'm really going to stop. Keep, just let them keep following on you. If somebody from the prayer team would lay hands on somebody's back and each one of these to stand up right now, go out there and touch the people in the back, just pray for them. Please, I'll keep you double up. Listen, 
I went through some radical stuff in January of last year, 2015. And it was painful. I don't need to get into details. It was very painful. Okay, emotionally, emotionally, physically, everything. And I kept saying, but I'm in process. I'm in process. I'm in process. And hear my heart in this. I understand process. But sometimes we hide behind that word called process. But God, I'm in process. He says, son, stop hiding behind that word process. Let me give you the process. My son went to the cross. He was crucified and resurrected, processed over. You're on a journey discovering truth. We're on a journey discovering how to live from his truth and not our facts. He took care of the process. Bill played, prayed earlier, Father, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. This is not a condemning message. God don't condemn. He convicts us and calls us higher. Higher. Freedom. Begin to check your back and see if it's different. If it's any different at all. Is there any significance at all? Any difference? Talk to me, somebody. Yes, no, maybe so. We could use our voices. You can speak to me. Anybody feel, wave at me. If you feel something different, tell me. If you feel, if you feel God moving on you, wave at me. Diane's feeling something. Okay, good. Diane's laid out. Back there. What's your name again, bro? Renee, what's he feeling back there, Renee? Numbness. Numbness is good. Was it numb before he started praying? So something says the Holy Spirit's moving. So Lord, more and deeper. All right, I'm going to do this. Back people, come up front. Come up front, back people, and all my prayer team. Come up front. Come up front. Let's do this. I'm going to be done. I'm going to shut up. Come up front. Come up front. I'm going to pray and be done. Is Joel still here? Joel, will you give me a little, can you tickle me? Well, I mean, not tickle me like Elmo, but can you tickle the, the piano for me? <laughs> so, guys, I'm going to pray, and the prayer team's going to pray for you. I'm going to get the back people up here first. I'm going to pray with the prayer team with the back people. If you need healing for any kind, come get in line, but let the back people go first. That's the word he gave me. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. And we got catchers in the house, too, just in case, because I don't want to get sued. I'm going to give the mic back. I'm done. Brent, want to say something real quick by I pray and we pray for sick people? All right. Okay. All right. So if we could... So we're going to continue praying for those with the, the back issues. If we could have a couple guys that would be willing to catch just to stand behind in case. Uh, last week we did have someone that kind of fell and we weren't ready for that. Um, and then our prayer teams are available. So if you have a need for healing, uh, please feel free to come forward. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to ask, we're going to see, we're going to keep seeing God's kingdom breaking forth. So I'm declaring that over your life, whether that's relationships, finances, healing uh, your body. 
God is in the business of restoring and making and setting you free. So if you need something, come get agreement, get prayer. All right, so we bless you. Um, do get your kids, if you haven't yet, bring them in. Bring them back in here, especially if they need prayer. So we bless you. This, this kind of concludes the service. We're just going to linger and pray from now on.